feels perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life of what's on your mind. Let's talk about it. So we're excited again tonight to just uh, hopefully have, have people back on to share what's going on with them, what's going on in in their minds, what's happening to them in their world, and, and so forth. So, Rodney, are you there? Oh, well, I know you guys, we're having some difficulty. I actually tried, have been trying to get in the studio for a while and realized that the show was that we set up was actually no longer there. I don't know why and what's going on with that. But nonetheless, 
we're going to try to make this work. Um, had to create another episode very quickly so that we could at least get on and or, or attempt to do it. So I'm not sure. Maybe there's something going on. Well, there is something going on for sure. Um, I'm going to let me try to pull Rodney in and see if that works. Rodney. Oh. Can you hear me, Tammy? Oh, Oh, yes, I can hear you now. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good, good, good. I just was a little frazzled about, about, about signing on and not being able to, well, there was no show to log into. So I don't know what happened with that, but it was just blank, and so I had to redo uh, everything and I just kind of briefly put something out there. So uh, hopefully we'll be okay tonight. I'm sure we will. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the chat line is open as well, and as far as I know, you guys, and I put the new link out there right now. I don't know if you if you did see it, but um, because I had to do another create another show, I had it created a different link as well. So um, I don't know how that will work with that old one or why it's not there. But nonetheless, we'll move right on. Um, want to remind you guys of our trash can baby if you have not um and if you have again i'll say as we always do we'd like to hear your stories but if you have not please 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 move your trash can um in order to we we do this just in order to continue to promote even after we're off the air um and you're working on your own personal transformation just to promote the importance of of change and how difficult it is sometimes to just to do that to change um, whether it's how good things are how bad things we are just kind of normal and typical people um, in dealing with things or wanting to keep things the same and as you know nothing nothing stays the same at all so move your trash can a trash can from one place to another um, preferably one that you use quite a bit and then monitor how often you return to its old location and allow that, again, to just be a reminder of how the mind keeps up with even the most insignificant things in our lives. So um, I want to share a story later on tonight. So Rodney has to remind me, but I want to share a story, um, real life, real life story of an, of an old friend of mine uh, who went through something um, and just, I just kind of thought about it as I was talking about the trash can, baby. So I'll share that with you guys later during the show. But move your trash cans and just monitor how often you return back to it. If you have kids, if you're married, have a significant other, you know, play the game and see how often each of you return to that old location. And then just start to think about what other things are you returning to or, or you're just going through the motion. You're kind of on cruise control in living your life stuck on stuck, um, basically stuck on things just because you don't want to go through the process that is needed to change um, the way you think, um, the way you're living, the things that you you put up with, and so forth. So allow that to just be your your mentor for a little bit. Uh, chat line is open. Phone lines are open. If you have a question or a comment, select the number one, and we'll pull you in. A little bit later in the show, we're going to have uh, Dale Davis join us. He has a lot on his mind. So we're going to have Dale come in about 
or so and share some things that with you that he is doing um, in Florida or, or trying to do in Florida and is needing some assistance uh, with that as well. So we'll have uh, Dell Davis. He'll come in and, and introduce himself and give you some more information about what he is doing. Um, he has a radio show as well, but he's also trying to work with our, or is working with our youth, um, and is just trying to make some things happen. And his organization is Let's Change the World, Desource Enterprises out of Florida, Let's Change the World. So you can find Dale Davis, that's D-A-L-E-D-A-V-I-S, on Facebook as well. But again, he'll give out that information um, during the show, a little bit later during the show. Rodney Jordan, so what's going on in your world? <laughs> Tammy, uh, not a whole lot going on specifically in my world, um, but I just want to say I'm thankful, grateful uh, for being on um, with you um, another Monday night this summer. Um, I know the time specifically for me is winding down um, because in a few weeks I'll be returning back to school, but I know a lot of people in your area um, and especially areas, uh, I guess, south of you, they'll be going back to school um, even before me. So um just grateful for another opportunity to be on um, this Monday night with you. But I'm going to kind of just dive into it just because I don't have any announcements or anything uh, particularly going on. Um, and, and I welcome you and I welcome uh, Dale just to kind of uh, touch on these things. Um, I know we've had Bo chime in um, and we've had other people chime in, Tamaria, um, and just other people um, just to contribute to the show in the last few weeks. But... I'm going to share what's on my mind, and I guess everything that I'm going to share, in one aspect, it relates to sports, but in another, I guess, much uh, broader aspect of life, it goes way beyond sports, and, and just some things that came up last week, and and number one, I want to I, I, I wanna bring... I want to bring up the situation about Lucky Whitehead, who is a young gentleman. I believe he's 25 now. He's a he's a young guy we've had on the show before, um, guy that I used to coach uh, when he was in high school. And he was playing for the Dallas Cowboys, just to, get, just to give you guys a background. He was playing for the Dallas Cowboys, um, and now he plays, or at least he was signed last week from the New York Jets. Um, and Real quickly, um, what happened with Lucky Whitehead was he had some issues um, while he was playing with the Dallas Cowboys. And one incident in particular, last week, there was a case of mistaken identity where someone was caught stealing um back in June from a store here in Northern Virginia and they did not according to the police have a identification on them um and 
the police issued a summons, and this is all according to the report. The police issued a summons, and because the perpetrator did not have identification on them, they gave Lucky Whitehead's name, they gave his birth uh, birth date, they gave his um, social security number, and that's what the police went with. And in turn, the Dallas Cowboys released him from the team the same day that training camp started. Now, eliminating the rest of the details, which I will gladly go into, but I want to I want to bring up this point first, Tammy, about what's on my mind, and that is. Our young men, especially our young black men, continue to be exploited by the NCAA and by the National Football League all about how much money they can make off of our young men. And while part of me is disgusted with our let me back up part of me is disgusted with the National Football League and the NCAA for the way that they conduct business but the other part of me is upset and angry with our young men and I don't even care and Tammy, you know me as well as the listeners of this show. I don't tend to put color on faces. Part of me is is just upset and angry that this keeps happening to our black men. We have to get to a point where we have to be just as frustrated with ourselves as we are of those who take advantage of of us or who use us. And I'm going to say something to me that you and I have talked about before and that I've mentioned before, and that is, before I turn it back over to you, that is, we have to stop supporting these enemies that we're trying to defeat. That, those are my opening words, Tammy. Back to you. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know you were going to start right there. <laughs> sorry. 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 No, that's good. That's good because I, I didn't I, – I don't have a lot. Um, I do, but, but I'm. Uh, this is one of those days where I just feel like I, – I don't know, like I, I shouldn't say hopeless because that, that sounds so bad, but – but but that's if I had to say the word, that would be the word that I choose. Um, because cause, and and even with what you're saying and talking about Rodney, it's nothing that we don't know. We we're just so, and not that lucky is. And so I don't want anybody that's listening to take this out of context. Just we as a people, we are so caught up and so hooked on things and stuff, to the to the point where even whomever. Um, did this crime and was caught like the thought in giving someone else's name like you 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 you're in a mindset where you don't care what this is going to or potentially what it could do to someone and so i i think people are walking around in this 
tunnel thinking that my job is I can make these choices be, for my, on behalf of my job, and it's not this, this excuses me from if you believe in a heaven and a hell or from, for the life thereafter. Like people make decisions and they make excuses for those decisions, giving them a way out, so to speak. So even with the, the exploiting of, of, of black men um, or black people altogether, and I can just take it another step and say people altogether because we are so consumed, so consumed with this world, so much so where you have um, – even pe- I'll take it back to Dale. Even people like Dale, who's asking people for a dollar for, for kids, like you get approved for a program, and you're asking people to just donate something. And I can get, I can understand some other things um, that you may say. Well, I, I can understand. I can understand people saying no. Um, if they so choose to, to I don't know some other things like what we were doing for for Bo and Tasha. That's your that's your prerogative. I don't understand where the dollar hurts, but when you talk about kids, to me it was a no brainer. But what what it goes back to even so is before, as long as you're not asking for something, if you're talking. Um, any kind of trash, any any negative stuff or anything that's perceived negative, you got people all over it, all over it. Like they're ready to jump in, ready to comment. And I'm going there because I want to say this. People, there there is simply no substance within people. There's no, there seems to be no gratitude for their their personal blessings. Um, it's just, I don't know, Rodney, and I guess that's why I say I feel kind of hopeless today. I really didn't even want to come. It was so funny when this, when I logged on and there was no show because I really felt empty today. I feel like I don't, I don't really have anything to give people because I, I feel like you give it, you give it, you give it, but are we living it, living it, living it? Like how and who's changing? And I, I'm sure that, that there are people that are changing and, and know the, the need for change, see the need, the importance of, of, of change. But it seems like people are so self-centered, so egotistic, and me-focused until they will choose hell in order to be right today in the world. Rather than say, I made a mistake, I'm wrong. Um, you know, even like with me feeling hopeless today, that, I, I, can't, I, I can't believe that I'm even saying that because I feel like I should not, I should not feel that way in the midst of where I, where I presume myself to be. But the world, you're fighting a battle. And sometimes it seems like it's a losing battle that you're fighting. So if you're going to lose, like, let me just lose now rather than later. Let me just lose now. So, I, you know, Lucky came on the show, and um, and I'll, I'll be honest, I have I've watched Lucky, um, and I've always called him blessed because I've always been, I was, from the, from the day that you brought him on, 
and had that conversation with him, he just seemed like a different kind of kid. Like this is this child is not lucky. He's 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 blessed. And so even in the midst of what is going on, maybe this because I see now that he is, and I hope I'm saying this right. He's now playing for somebody, right? Somebody else, right, Rodney? Forty nine. Yes, am I right? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. He's, he's so, playing for the New York Jets. New York Jets. Okay, so that was wrong. Um, even in, so, I, I will say this: maybe, just maybe, sometimes things have to happen to move us to a different place um, around different people in order for us to walk the course that we're supposed to walk. Um, so maybe, maybe Dallas, Dallas wasn't good for, for Lucky, for, for his personal journey. And, some, and, and that is oftentimes very difficult to grasp, to understand when you think, he's playing for Dallas, how could it not be, you know, good for him and da 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 But it is, it is so much more than Dallas if this young man has, and I'm sure he does, if he has a purpose that must be fulfilled. If he has death, if he has this this, this grand destiny, um, because I personally think that, and I shared this a little with you, that something I don't know, something seemed a little off, um, and I think I'm looking at it as far as the the internal, the personal um, thing. Because I'll say to hell with Dallas. If it comes to you doing what you your purpose. You fulfilling your purpose to hell with Dallas and and New York Jets too. If that's not gonna get you where where you are supposed to be spiritually doing your divine purpose, so I would say personally to hell with all of them if that keeps you from there. But yet again, why 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 does does one have to go through this? Uh, why was so why was Dallas so quick to point the finger, drop him, um, and all of that? If you're looking at it. Outside of, I guess, the perfect part. Um, I don't know, but he's gone through it, and, <laughs> and, and God, he has a new, a new team, um, and and hopefully he's ga- he's gained what he needed to get out of this. Because I do feel that that our our life and everything that happens in our life, if we would let it, it is teaching us. It's a teachable moment. If we would if we would open the door and say come in and that's hard to do I, I will say Rodney that is very 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 hard to do when you have to um, say yes come on in guess um, whatever you'd call it you know stuff you know stuff happening life happening when you have to open the door for life and it's not and it and it's bring, not bringing you what you want or or what you thought. Or where you it's not going to send you where you should be, so to speak. So that's the only thing I can really get out of anything these days is say, what's what's my teachable moment here? What what am I to gain out of this? And how do I move forward? I heard um, I wish I could think of this guy's name. I'm have to do better with the names, but he says that we have a choice. Basically, don't be dramatized by the drama. Don't allow the drama to dramatize you. Say yes to it. Whatever whatever's happening in your life, don't be dramatic in that life, in, in that situation. Let it happen. Take your tests or whatever. Get your lesson from it. 
and keep moving rather than getting stuck because he was saying you cannot um, you cannot change a situation. He said it differently, but basically what we say here, you cannot change something from the past. You can only get what you get, know what you know, and move forward. You can't can't go back there and redo. We we don't get redos, not for that particular situation. You get to to go move forward in that situation, but not to make it disappear, not to wipe it off. So that's my comment on Lucky. I'm glad he got picked up, and I'm hopeful that this is sending him on the journey that he is he is to be on. And that's all I can kind of think about it with it coming from, you know, with Dallas letting him go and somebody giving his name. Um, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. <laughs> Sammy, I'm going to bring in, uh, I believe this is our caller um, who um, we mentioned earlier, but I'm going to bring in caller from 954 area uh, Ariel, 954, last four digits are 3327, and I'm going to let them comment if they wish, uh, but if this is who I think it is, um, yeah, also allow them to expound further. But um, I do want to come back to this, this um, exploitation of our um, athletes, particularly black males, and then there's another um, – Topic I do want to bring up if you uh, if you're okay with it. Uh, caller from nine five four, you're on the air. Hey y'all, this is Dale. What's hey, up, Dale? Dale? How's everybody? We're great. How are you? Everybody's I'm good. good. I'm good. <laughs> um, just wanted to. Uh, I don't know how you want to do this. Do you want me to explain who I am and what I do first, or you want me to just go ahead and comment on what you guys are talking about? Why don't you te- why don't you um why don't you just go ahead and tell them who you are, what you do, and then you can certainly comment and then get into what you are doing as well. Okay, well, um I'm founder and president of the Let's Change the World movement. Um now the Let's Change the World movement is a registered five oh one C three nonprofit. Uh so it's actually the Let's Change the World Movement Incorporated. And um, the movement is all about everybody doing whatever little bit we can, no matter how small it is, to positively impact somebody other than yourself or your community as a whole. Each of us do whatever little bit we can, no matter how small it is. Then together, we can change the world. Uh, we can move things. We can, uh, you were talking about change. Change only happens if you get off your dead ass and do something. So our model is don't just sit there. Do something. You know, if you want some change to happen, you got to get up and make it happen. So it's all about uh, uh, doing whatever little bit you can. And we just believe that, you know, change, a lot of people question, can one person change the world? Well, if you think about it, every little teeny thing that each of us do on a daily basis has some impact on the world on a much bigger scale than we think. If I smile at you and I'm able to put a smile on your face, who knows what impact that's going to have. Uh, later on that day, maybe you'll do something nice for somebody uh, that'll do something nice for somebody else. It's kind of like taking a tiny rock, throwing it into a pool of water, and you know how the ripples just spread all out across the pool. 
it's kind of the same concept. So we just want to encourage people to get involved in something that you're passionate about and uh, make something positive happen. Um, so the movement is broken up into four different programs. The first is just a general fund to help the needy. Um, the second is politically motivated. Uh, we want to end mass incarceration. Uh, and uh, there's some other political aspirations we have as well. I won't get deep into that. Um, the third is what I was just talking about, encouraging people to get involved in something that they're passionate about. So that breaks down into the radio show, Let's Change the World Talk Radio, uh, the Change the World blog, and our upcoming newsletter that we'll be publishing, uh, all of that designed to help encourage people to join the movement. And to join the movement, by the way, there's, there's not anything that you really need to do other than something positive for somebody other than yourself. If you're doing something positive for somebody other than yourself, then you're already a member of the movement. I just wanted to put that out there. And the fourth um, is my baby, and what I'm most proud of uh, is unlimited education. And unlimited education is all about morals, values, and ethics education. And we believe that uh, God gave us a very basic set of morals, values, and ethics to live our lives by, uh, to run our families by, uh, our communities, our government, our society as a whole. And God intended morals, values, and ethics to be the very foundation that we build everything else on. And the problem is that our moral foundation it's weak right now, and it's getting weaker and weaker. Therefore, everything we build upon it is crumbling. And the only way to fix most of these problems is to go back to the foundation that we're building everything upon and rebuild that foundation. Because without a strong foundation, then anything you build upon it is going to crumble. But if we can fix that foundation, that moral foundation, then we can go back and fix the things that we build upon it and, and – uh, our institutions will be strong because they sit on a strong foundation. So that kind of leads into what you guys have been talking about. And the problem with all of that is morals, values, and ethics. And a lot of people laugh at me when I say that because it just sounds way too simplistic to most people. But if you think about it, if everybody just did the right thing, what man-made problems will we have? If everybody just did what they were supposed to do, if they did what was right, if they placed the proper value on life and other things that they should place the proper value on and prioritize things properly and treated each other right and fairly, and, and if everybody just did what they were supposed to do, what man-made problems would we have? The only problems we would have would be problems from nature, storms and, and earthquakes and things of that nature. But we wouldn't have many man-made problems, maybe a few from human error, because we all do fall short of the grace of God, which is perfection. But uh, very few problems. And with this situation with Lucky, it's just a matter of what I'm talking about, morals, values, and ethics. Morally, if the guy wasn't doing something, the kid wasn't doing something wrong, the police wouldn't have had to pull him over in the first place. But even after they pulled him over, 
Morally, if the kid would have gave his own information instead of somebody else's, he wouldn't have jacked him around. And then even if he did end up giving the wrong information morally, if you're a Dallas Cowboy general manager or coach or what have you, you don't automatically condemn somebody before you get the facts. So, I mean, no matter how you look at it, it goes back to the very core of morals, values, and ethics. So I'll stop there before I get going too much. Tim, um, I just posted what Dale, uh, the last thing that Dale said um, on uh, Facebook, and I'm going to put it on uh, Twitter as well. But I, I like that question, Dale. If everyone did the right thing, what man-made problems would we have? Um, Tammy, before I get in, um, get into that, would you like to chime in first? No, go ahead, Rodney. Go ahead, and I'll, I'll chime in after you. Um, Dale, I think I, I think that is the problem. I think we don't look to do the right thing. I think that we are more concerned about being right than doing right. I think that in regards to the situation about uh, Lucky Whitehead, and I'll just use that merely as an example, but I think that we are so quick to pass judgment when we are not judges. I think that we are, are so quick to look at other people and their flaws and their mistakes rather than looking at our own. Because when you are trying to be a better person, when you are trying to advance, when you are about transformation, you don't have time to look at what's wrong in somebody else's life because transformation is not about putting other people down. Transformation is not about seeing wrong in in anyone. Transformation is simply that it's all about change. Transformation is about what can we do to move forward? Transformation is about, okay, today, here's my, situation. Here's my scenario. But tomorrow, here's going to be the outcome. Today is my problem, but tomorrow is my solution. We don't look at things in that manner. And so when you talk about being a better person, when you talk about advancing the lives of colored people, about women, about men, about black men, about black people, we're not even on that level to me because we're so caught up in the distractions and the interruptions that we can't see beyond anything negative. Instead of saying, you know what, tomorrow can be better, we say, Yesterday was a bad day, and we'd rather spend our time talking about, 
of focusing on what happened yesterday or what happened today rather than, you know what, here's what is going to happen in the future. And I think until we become more optimistic people, I think until we become those people that, you know what, here's what happened, here's what we're going to do, we're not going to see the results that we claim we're looking for. Tammy? Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to go back to Dale and then come come back to where you ended, Rodney, uh, about morals, values, and ethics. And and I'll be honest with you guys, although, Dale, you focus, I know you focus on the adults as well, um, but your main focus, is, I think, is, is of course, is, is our youth. I really believe truly that when the adults, when we as adults get it together, when we say, like, like Dale, like what you said, when we do the right thing, just because it's the right thing to do, and that's what I meant by some of the some of the jobs that the people do and what they do for the sake of their jobs, they they think that that gives them an out. That's an excuse. Um, and then it's not so wrong because I'm doing it to get paid. Or you make another decision based on whatever other excuse you come up with. But when when we as adults begin to do what's right because it's right and not want to look right, because I think it's even deeper than we want to be right, it doesn't matter if we're right or not as long as we appear to be, if we appear to have if we appear to have accomplished, made it, whatever made it means to you, then to hell with whatever my insides speak to me every night or, or every night that I look in that mirror and I really see. Without, I see it, but I don't own it. So instead of me focusing on my own transformation, and why do you're so right, when you are focused on your own, you don't have time to kind of try to figure out the whys and the woes of someone else's other than it doesn't mean you ha- don't have a comment, but I was sharing with someone about how when, you, when you're pointing that finger, there truly is, I think when you get to a place in, in change and growth and transformation, when you can look outward and see something that, that makes your spirit go kind of crazy, then that's, to me, that is the, that is the thing because if, if your spirit is in uproar, then there's either, there could be a number of things something that's undone in you or something that you need to do about that thing. And that's what I mean by allowing life to happen happen to you, opening the door to life. But for sure, we've gotten away. I don't, I don't even know the last time I probably you, Dale, like I heard somebody mention morals, values, and ethics. Like we used to hear that in school. We were taught to say, I'm sorry, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. We were taught to respect our elders. We were taught as young girls to, if you have a dress on, you, 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 can't, you can't do all this kind of stuff with your dress on, baby. We, we were taught. And today, parents, adults, and the lives of these children, they don't have time to teach. They don't want to because they're so busy focusing on themselves. So some, somewhere along the way, something happened to where morals, values, ethics got turned off. And it could be this new generation or that generation of young parents 
uh, young grandparents, but I can't I can't say that because I was a young parent. But maybe it's because I was taught different differently than than some of these kids. So how much how much fault is it these kids? How how much can we put on them when they turn around and see us treating each other like we do? Men especially in our community treating each other like dogs, worse. Like we don't like we don't matter to each other. That crab in the barrel mentality. So how much can we put on them and how much can we help them without helping the people that they go back home to, who they see themselves as, their community. This is, you'll have young kids that say, we don't make A's where I come from. Do you know what will happen if I make an A? Do you know what will happen if I make a C? Do you know how much flack I'm going to get off of this? People, this, is, this has really been said by kids. Kids really think that way because in their neighborhood, where are we going? This is it. This is as good as it gets. An A for what? Like they said, turn down for what or whatever it is. Turn An A for what? I'm not going anywhere after I leave here. This is it if I leave here. You know, the, a, a young black male, and I heard my own son say this, we didn't even think that we would live past 21, 22. And to, to think that I had a group of kids surrounding me, Brandon, his friends, that really thought as a young black male, our lifespan is shortened significantly. So an A for what? Especially if you don't have anybody pushing you and and especially pushing you, even with the morals, values, and ethics, Dale, they probably look at you and say morals, values, and ethics for what? For who? They don't do that anymore. What is that? They don't even teach it in school. They don't get respect or they don't they don't they don't get any of that in school for the most part. There Rodney, there are not too many teachers like Rodney Jordan. Or I'll name I know some Nan Fletcher. There's 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 plenty good teachers out there but there's not enough of them. And even the ones that are good and that care, they're so beaten down by the other ones trying to play the politics until even then it's it's limited as to what they can do or how quickly they get burnt out. And if we have to fight that level, Dale, I can only imagine the level you have to fight when you get approved to do something in an apartment complex from people who for no other reason might just say, well, who does Dale think he is? Oh, now he's doing that in an apartment complex. He's doing something that I'm not. And if you really get down to it, that's mostly why you're not getting the dollars. Because, again, I tell anybody, you can find a dollar in your car. You can, ladies can pull out a couple of purses, and you can find a dollar. So I truly feel that's an excuse. The same kind of excuses we make for life, for doing right or not doing right, when you stop making excuses for yourself, period, doesn't mean that you're not going to go through something and you don't have you won't have things that you probably could make an excuse for. But as long as we live, we're going to make the mistakes, but you don't have to make an excuse to excuse the mistake or the bad choice. Because then you, they, they don't go away. You just keep reliving that cycle of life. So I'm going to turn it back over to either one of you, um, 
Dale, I, I'm pretty sure you got some more information to get out about what you're doing uh, for the kids there. So we want to hear that and tell for you to tell them how people how they can donate and and why. And and I'd like for you to repost the video that you were telling me about. I I never did get a chance to see it, so maybe you can repost that after the show as well and have people come to your page and do it. But I'm turning it back over. Rodney, do you want to go before we have Dale come back in? Do you need any? Got anything you want to comment uh, on? No, I'm 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 listening. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what Dale has to say. Go ahead, Dale. Uh, can you hear me? Sure. Yes, sir. We can hear you. Okay, good. Because I had accidentally hung up and I had to call back in. I didn't know. Um, boy, you guys are so smart. Um, <laughs> you're covering uh, a big range of topics. Um, one day, either on your show or my show, we're going to have to do a really structured uh, discussion on this because there's so many think- aspects to this all uh, that we've been studying it since 2007 uh, to come to the conclusions that we've come to. But a couple of things I want to touch on that you guys went over um, is, yes, we do need to get the adults involved. Because the kids do look up to the adults, and uh, we have to be their mentors. The problem is that you can only get 20% of the adults on board, whereas you can get 80% of the kids on board. That doesn't mean you ignore the adults. So uh, with our program, we do have workshops for adults. Uh, We also do addicts and felons, uh, but we're talking about kids right now. Um, we do have workshops for the adults specifically to educate them on the proper morals, values, and ethics and how to raise their kids to have the proper morals, values, and ethics. The problem is if we have a room full of, and we never have a room full of 100, I'm just using 100 to uh, illustrate my point, to use a simple number. If we have a room full of 100 parents, we'll be lucky to get 20 of them who will say, I get it. The other 80 will say, I'm 30, 40, 50 years old. You're not going to tell me how to raise my kids. I'm done. I am who I am, and there's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfect. I'm going to continue to raise my kids the way I want to raise them, and that's that. And so that's the problem with getting adults on board. But on the flip side, when you, if you get a room full of 100 kids, which we never do, but again, just using a simple number, they're still young enough to be moldable, to, to be educated, and they will buy into what you're educating them on. And you can get 80% of the kids. So the idea is to get 80% of the kids and 20% of the adults on board. And if we can get 20% of the adults on board, that's an additional 20% of of adults than what we already have out there in the United States uh, or in your community. You know, there are some good people already in your community. So if you can get an additional 20% to add to the good people you already have in your community, you're doing pretty good with the uh, adults. Uh, If you can organize them and say, hey, let's all get together and make a difference, uh, then you're doing good in your community. And if you can get one community doing good over here and another community doing good over there and so on and so forth, then together we're changing cities. You know what I mean? And if you change cities, then you're changing states. And if you're changing states, you're changing a nation. If you change a nation, we're the most powerful nation in the world, 
we can start changing the world. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody. Um, So that's one thing I want to touch on. It's very important that we realize that it's the kids who are the most vulnerable, but they're also the most moldable. That's why we go after the kids so hard. But I don't want to say let's ignore the adults because that's ridiculous. You're absolutely right. We do have to get as many adults as we can. Realistically, you're just not going to get many. We always have um, these panels of really smart people that come on TV every now and then. You always get Dr. Cornell, uh, you know, and all these guys, Tavis Smiley and all these really smart people, they come on and uh, they always say the same thing. They say morals, values, and ethics begin in the home. Nobody disagrees with that. We can all agree that morals, values, and ethics should start in the home. The problem is we're talking about adults. Okay. And there's no way that you can – there are 300 – first of all, there are 150 million adults or parents, not adults, 150 million parents in the United States. There's no way to get 150 million parents to all of a sudden become good parents. There's no way to get to them all. There's no way to put a camera in each of their households so that you can watch them all day and all night to see what they're doing and correct them when they do wrong. Um, It's just an impossibility. It can't be done. If If I'm wrong, I'm willing to listen. Somebody come out and let me know how we can reach 150 million parents and all of a sudden get them, their adults, to change their ways and suddenly become good parents. You just can't do it. But there's one place where the overwhelming majority of all children have to go every day for at least nine months out of the year for at least 13 years out of their lives for six to eight hours a day or more. And that's the public school system. So this is a great place to reinstitute morals, values, and ethics education. So that is our goal, is to eventually get morals, values, and ethics education back into the school system so that for six, eight, or more hours per day, uh, these kids are getting the proper morals, values, and ethics education that their parents like you said, Tammy, oftentimes don't have time to deliver. And the reason they don't have time is because in their minds they're doing the right thing. Don't get me wrong. They feel like they're doing the right thing. You know, uh, a young girl, she's a single parent. She says, hey, my kids are going to have all the things I never had. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out, I'm going to work two jobs, or I'm going to work a job in the daytime, go to school at night. Great aspirations. Your heart is in the right place. But who's raising your children all that time? If you're gone from 8 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night, that's 12 hours a day for 13 straight years that somebody else is raising your kids, and people aren't looking at that. So what morals, values, and ethics are those kids being taught by somebody else? Well, if... We know part of that time is going to be in school, so if at least that's one place we should be able to know what types of morals, values, and ethics our kids are being taught. But then they got to get out of school. 
And when they get out of school, who's teaching them morals, values, and ethics if you're working two jobs? You're on that second job or you're in school. Who's teaching these kids morals, values, and ethics after school? Well, it's the TV set. It's the Internet, Facebook, Instagram. It's the radio with the music. It's the older kids. They're out on the street, you know. It's the crackhead, the prostitute, the pimp, the drug dealer. They're teaching your kids morals, values, and ethics while you're on a second job or while you're in school. You see what I'm saying? This is the problem. So after they get out of the school, where do they go? Well, what we're trying to do is offer a program for where the kids can go after school. And our goal is to eventually prove through the success that we're having in these programs that morals, values, and ethics needs to be reinstituted in, into the public school system. Therefore, you know that while they're in school, they're getting the proper morals, values, and ethics education. And then when they get out of school, they're still getting the proper morals, values, and ethics education until you get home. And even if you're a bad parent who we can't get to, that one hour that you have with your kids at night to deliver them bad morals, values, and ethics has been overridden by a whole day, 18, you know, or 12, 13, 14 hours of good morals, values, and ethics education. Because it's all a, ma- a matter of time. How much time are you? is the correct information being delivered versus how much time is the bad information being delivered to our children? And, and, and whichever is getting the most time is filling the most space in their brains. That's just common sense. So we're offering a place for them to go. And what we've done is just, and I, I'm sorry if I'm talking too much, just bust in and let me know because uh, I can get on a roll and not know it. <laughs> but hey, Dale, I what have a question. Gonna... Do you, would okay. you rather the later? I have a question for you. Would you rather have them now um, or later at the end? What do you mean? I have a question for you. Would you you want to take it now? Oh, oh you, you can wanna... ask a question now. You can ask a question now. That's fine. You mentioned about the schools um, being the perfect place for the program um, because, of course, that's where you can reach um, most of the kids. How I know you've been doing this for a very long time, and, and I totally agree with you. The schools would be the best place and the most likely place. How much or are you still, do you still get resistance from schools? And if so, why do you think that is? Okay, so the schools, uh, here's, here's the problem. A lot of people relate morals, values, and ethics to religion. When you say morals, values, and ethics, first thing people think about is religion. And um, the problem is that back in the 1960s, when they took religion out of the schools, they took morals, values, and ethics education out of schools right along with it. They didn't have to, but they automatically associated the two together. See, a lot of people don't realize the very first public schools, the very first public school was was in my hometown, by the way, Akron, Ohio. Shout out to Akron. Um, The very first public schools were churches, you know, and the curriculum was the Holy Bible. And your textbook, the only textbook you had, was the Holy Bible. That was your textbook. 
that you went to school with every day and you learned how to read the Holy Bible. And then, you know, you learned morals, values, and ethics. But they were the same morals, excuse me, the same morals, values, and ethics that, that God laid out for us to follow. Now, school system progressed. Then we start throwing in helpful things like math, science, history, you know, social studies, even, you know, physical education. You know, we figured out that, hey, there are more than more. There are other important types of education. But at some point we said, but wait a minute. Not everybody in America believes in God and, and the Constitution, which it really doesn't. But the Constitution somehow has a separation of state and religion. Well, if you study the Constitution, a lot of people believe it does not establish that separation because on our dollar bills, it says in God we trust. Uh, so uh, we need to change our dollar bills if that's the case. But putting that aside, we decided that there should be a separation of uh, religion and state. And since the state runs the school system, we need to take religion out. And when we take religion out, we took morals, values, and ethics education out. And when we took morals, values, and ethics education out of the schools, you can look at a graph of the education test scores in the United States as compared to other nations. And there are some ebbs and flows. Overall, the education system in the United States has been on a steady path downward ever since the late 1960s in comparison to other countries to a point where we were number one in the world at one point. Now, you know, some argue that we're like number 13, 14, and some even lower than that, depending on which uh, graphs you look at, but all of them are below number 10. <laughs> so we've gone steadily downhill. So the problem is, when we say we need to put morals, values, and ethics education back in the schools, the schools argue that you're trying to slip religion back into the schools. And then you've got, you know, people who argue that point. And that's not the case because I can say morals, values, and ethics are morals, values, and ethics. You can be an, uh, an ethical atheist. You can be a moral Muslim. You can be have strong values if you're a Buddhist, okay? It, morals, values, and ethics transcend religion, you know? So I can say thou shall not steal, and everybody will get upset. But if I say you shouldn't steal, isn't that the same thing? But what is there to get upset about? I took the religion out because I didn't say thou. So, so we can do that. We can all... Unlimited education is about the very basic morals, values, and ethics that we can all agree on. We can all agree on that you shouldn't steal, that you shouldn't murder, that the golden rule is good, that education is good. That one, you, you know what I'm saying? These are the very basic morals, values, and ethics that we can all agree on, and they need to be a part of the culture in our public schools. The culture in our schools is bad. Sometimes you can have, and what people need to realize, you can take the most moral home, the mother and the father are perfect saints, and then they raise their kids as morally correct as they can. But as soon as they step out the front door, they're in an evil world. They're walking the kid to school 
with kids who have bad morals, values, and ethics. And then when they get to school, they're with those kids all day. They're out on the playground playing with them. They're in the gym playing with them. They're in the classroom. And then after school, they're walking home with them. And while they're in school, I mean, the teachers in some of our schools, they're terrible. Uh, They say, you shouldn't smoke. And then a, a couple classes later, they see that same teacher out in standing outside smoking a cigarette. You know, so kids learn by every single thing they see, feel, touch, smell, taste, every every experience that they feel. They it's all education. So if they see you smoking and you tell me don't smoke, they're not stupid. It must be okay if you're doing it. You know, because they're not stupid. So you, in order to change, you know, we have to change the culture in the schools, and and nobody's willing to change that culture. Because, number one, it means tightening things up. A lot of teachers don't want things tightened up. And, I'm, and don't get me wrong. I know teachers are very hardworking. Uh, it's a very hardworking profession. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I get it. But they don't, they don't want things tightened up. Uh, number two, um, they don't want religion in the schools, you know. And then number three, it's a what's in it for me if I'm a politician. If I'm a, if I'm on the school board or if I'm uh, on the city councilman or whatever, why should I take on this thing that sounds like religion? What's in it for me? Am I going to get any money out of it? Is my name going to be on it? Uh, is this going to get me elected mayor? Uh, you get where I'm coming from? Yeah, this is Rodney. I'm going to jump in here real quick, um, and then I'll turn it over to Tammy. Um, So, (laughs) as we all know, um, I'm a school teacher, and I teach fifth and sixth grade um, STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, For those of you who may be listening but may not know, um, here's what I have found in my nine years of teaching, you cannot point the blame. And I, and, and I don't think you were doing this, um, but I just want to put it out there. I don't think you can point the blame at any subgroup in particular. Here's why. In today's schools, today's school systems, today's classrooms, Teachers do what they are told to do, not necessarily what they want to do. I think that there are more qualified and more teachers who have the right frame of mind than we are given credit for. But here's the problem, and here's what people don't see a lot of times. What we want to do is what the public thinks we should be doing, and that is instilling those old school values, those morals, those values, those ethics that you're talking about. But here's the problem. We are not given the liberty to do so, or it is said that we have the liberty 
but we don't because we are presented with challenges that prevent us from doing what we feel as though is best. So here's my challenge to everyone. If you have an issue with the way that things are going, not Dale, not Dale, please don't get this confused because I feel like I've had enough conversations with Dale to know where he's coming from. But to those of you listening to this show, please understand something. Until families, until parents, until advocates get out to the school board meetings, the city council meetings, and express their voices until people on the outside know what's really going on inside of our schools, we are never going to see or experience the things that Dale is talking about. Because over the past, I'm going to say, I'm going to say over the past six or seven years, I've watched teachers, in my mind, some of the best teachers I've ever known, I've ever worked with. And I'm talking about, I mean, just, just really, really, really good teachers, excellent people. I've watched them either retire if they could, or I've watched them walk away from the profession because they felt like they no longer had the opportunity to instill those values into kids or instill those skills into kids that they believed would help them in society. And I and I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna turn it over to Tammy. My former pastor used to always say, "What you see is not real; is what you can't see. It's what's real. What's happening in school in our schools across the United States of America." Not just where I am, not just where Dale is, not just where Tammy is. I'm going to tell you guys, from being somebody who has seen it all or just about seen seen it all, your problem or the problem has very little to do or nothing to do with teachers. Back to you guys. Um, this is Tammy. I'm going to chime in real brief before I get turned it back over to you, Dale. Um, Rodney, I, I agree and I, I hear you, but I'm going to start. I'm going to start with with you. Um, you 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 could make um, the decision to do the same, but I think your love, your passion for teaching, is what makes day. But also, it's it's what makes you different as a teacher. I res- I have a lot of respect for that teacher who says, I have to go because I can no longer do what I'm supposed to do. To me, to leave for that reason, because you know that you, you will be a disservice to this child if you stayed and played this game um, without doing your job. And I'm, I'm saying that because I think a teacher who who is – 
who is a teacher at heart, and I'm not saying those are not because, again, they are at heart in a different way. They're saying, I cannot perform, I, I can't see, find a way around this in order to stay. Then we come back to teachers like, I'm going to name you, I'm going to name one of my favorite teachers, Nan Fletcher from, from Valdosta, Georgia, Lanier County School System, who find a way to do this system, but also because one thing they cannot tell you how to do is express that love. Like they, they cannot make, they cannot take away the connection that you as a teacher, and not saying all kids, but they cannot take away the awesome connection that a teacher and a, once a teacher and a child connects in the right way, that one teacher could change that child's life forever, forever. One thing could could turn that child, could make that child say, "I can." That maybe it is possible. Maybe I'm not stuck in 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 where in what I see. Maybe I'm not confined in this box. Maybe I'm not confined in this community. So while while I agree certainly that we cannot um, blame any 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 one group of people. However, for those people who decide to say, "I'm going to teach. I'm going to parent." How how dare we? Even like the, the the parents that that Dale says, you know, I'm I've been doing this all my life. You don't tell me how to parent. You know, well, how's it working for you? Because if you're here, something must be going on. So how is it working for you? How is your way working for you? And that's where it goes back to what we were saying earlier. You want to be so white until you can't get out of yourself long enough to see that what you're doing is not working for your child. That is sending your child down a path. Like when you are so consumed in, in being white, looking white, looking the part. And so I say that for any subgroup, whether you're a parent, you're a teacher, whether you're the neighbor, whatever. If, if you're so caught up to where, where being white is the only thing before your eyes and is the only thing gratifying you to the point where you can't even step away and say, hey, I, I can't do this anymore. I love these kids. I love my job, but I'm doing them a disservice. Or if you're going to say, say, hey, I'm going to find a way not to take away but to give, not let this system. And, again, it's also that enough people, there's not enough people standing up. But if you stand up, that means you've got to do something. So, dare to go back to what you said, people, people don't want to be called out or they don't want the, the good things in because if, if we correct the system and correct the issue, guess what? The ones who are not correct gotta gotta got get out, but they gotta come correct. So it goes back to again self-absorbed people. That it's my way, no way. If it's if it's not my way, then it's wrong. And I can't. I, I'm so into my myself. I can't even listen enough to see what can I comprehend from someone else. It doesn't have to take the. I don't have to eat the entire plate. If it, but something on this plate may work for me. So, there's something on this plate that I can eat that might work for my child, my family. But we're so self-absorbed till we we don't even want the food, none of the food. If you don't have everything on this buffet that I like, I don't I don't want it. And there's nothing you can do for my child. I think that's what we're dealing with, and in the school system with parents and with our children. Dale. Yes, uh, you're right, and I and and uh, 
to a certain extent, you're right too, uh, as well. Um, the the pro the 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 thing is, you know, there are a lot of great teachers. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of wonderful teachers. There are a lot of bad ones too. Um, culture corrupts. I don't care what you have. You can have a business. You can have a school. Whatever you have, even a family structure, culture corrupts. So what I've seen in some schools is a lot of good teachers that are corrupted by a bad culture. And the culture comes from the top down. You know, it's, it's, it begins with the principal of that school. It, it can even begin outside of the school with the uh, school system, the board of school of, you know, the superintendent or the school board. But at least at the top where you have the principal and the vice principal, the culture they create in that school, you can have a great teacher come that just gets hired, and over time that, that a bad culture will corrupt that teacher into bad habits. And um, that's what we've got to look out for. Uh, so I know I don't want to spend too much time on that because I know we don't have that much time. What I want to move to, if it's okay with you guys, is how we are trying to make this happen. And what we're doing is, and what we've been doing, is uh, free morals, values, and ethics education workshops for children, adults, addicts, and felons across the country. What we do is uh, when someone invites us to their community, we'll do one workshop. We'll invite, uh, you know, parents. And there's always out of a class of 20 or 25 kids, uh, there's always maybe two parents that will show up, which tells you something right there. Okay. If any, sometimes no parents show up, but we'll get one or two parents that'll show up sometimes, and then we'll get uh, maybe uh, some other movers and shakers in the community, maybe a pastor or a uh, community activist, or maybe a um, uh, I'm trying to think of what do you call them, the neighborhood representative, uh, the council, city councilman, or some somebody like that'll come, and. Uh, They'll witness the workshop. Now, what always happens without fail is after the workshop is conducted, everybody goes, oh, my God, that was awesome. And the reason they say it was so awesome is because we've developed our own progressive information delivery methods, cause, effect, and consequence education, empathy education. We, use, we have an audiovisual concept, and then in every uh, – workshop, we have a role model mentor concept. So we bring in a role model or a mentor into the workshop. And um, uh, we use music education, comedy education, and all of these different tools in one workshop. And so the results are tremendous. And a lot of times, you know, we've had parents tell us that, hey, you've done more with my kid in two hours than I've been able to do in 14 years. And they're shocked. So people are always raving over the workshop. So then what they'll say is, how can we keep this going? So then what we do is we train a group of people who want to get involved and commit to it. We will train them on how to conduct a workshop. 
and we will supply them the lesson plans so that they begin an ongoing, regularly scheduled program of workshops under their name, because that's a big argument. You know, whose name is going to be on it? Who, you know, who gets to be in charge? That's up to you guys. We don't want unlimited education's name on it. This is your program. Name it what you want to name it. Whoever's in charge of it, they'll be in charge. All we're going to do is support you. We're going to send you lesson plans. If you need us to come back and help, we will come back and help. But otherwise, we're going to stay out of your business, uh, offer you advice, support. And what we want to do in the future is to begin offering some financial support, uh, you know, for prizes for the kids, newsletters, and things of that nature. That's in the future once we're properly funded. Now, what we've been doing is collecting um, data from these workshops because what, what we have each program do is, you know, once you get your kids enrolled and everything, we begin monitoring the progress that these kids make in certain areas like education and behavior. And we've been documenting that progress. And uh, the progress has been phenomenal. What we do is we take that progress and then we take it to the school board and we say, look, if, if we've been able to have this much success with some two-hour workshop programs, imagine what kind of difference we can make if we instituted a curriculum into the public school system. It always sounds like a great idea to begin with. Then comes the politics. You know, hey, you're trying to put religion into the schools. You know, whose name going to be on it? Who's going to be the one who spearheads this? Who's going to get the credit? Blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and, and then it gets bogged down into all that and it fades away and we, we're never able to get into the school systems. But we believe that one day we will, so we're not going to quit. This is, how, this is our plan, is to conduct these workshops, collect that data on the progress that these kids make who participate in our workshops, and supply that information to the school board so that they can see the type of progress we make with morals, values, and ethics education and convince them that they cannot afford not to bring morals, values, and ethics education back into the school system. And a lot of school systems have adopted character education, which is a watered-down version of morals, values, and ethics education. So we've got a, a bit of a jump start with the districts who have uh, instituted character education. So this isn't something totally radical for the listeners out there. There are some school systems who are starting to buy into the idea of bringing character education back in to the school system. We just think we need to go a lot further than character education, and we call it morals, values, and ethics education, full-blown. And it needs to be from the from kinder, pre-kindergarten through high school. Every year, you know, a curriculum all year long and the change of the culture at the same time. Now, here's what we're trying to do for the first time in Florida. For the first time, we have a very large apartment complex. It's called Cypress Grove Apartments in Lauder Hill, Florida, which is a suburb of Fort Lauderdale. It's a, it's a terrible community as far as crime, drugs, and that type of behavior. But it's a wonderful community in the sense that it's a mostly black community with uh, Haitians, Jamaicans, 
black Americans and even some Latinos and a few white folks all mixed in together, living amazingly well in harmony. But it's just, you know, they're facing the same problems that most urban communities face when it comes to drugs and violence. Okay. And we've spent the last year or more trying to convince this complex that we can run a program within this complex. It's a huge complex, 17 buildings, uh, four-story buildings. Uh, So 17 four-story buildings, you can imagine how many people are in this complex. So it's like a small city. Okay, you got a swimming pool, the, the, you know, basketball courts. It's got all this kind of stuff in it. It's like a little small city. And they've given us the okay to run a program, but they require a lot. You know, they require us to have the insurances, you know, a few different types of insurance. We have to be able to cover the property. We have to be able to cover the kids. We have to be able to cover ourselves, of course, from lawsuits in case somebody says we taught their kids something that we shouldn't have taught them. And, you know, so we have to have all these insurances. We have to pay rent for the building. We need the computer equipment. We need, they they want us to have a newsletter and we want to do the newsletter. Uh, So that's costing money to publish because the newsletter is going to recognize kids and adults who put these kids into these programs. And it's going to uh, recognize the business the businesses who donate prizes and gifts and gift cards and and uh, uh, to the program, um, and so that we can you know get everybody involved and recognition is the key to that we believe. And what we need right now is for small donations. Um, you know we don't care how small it is. If it's twenty five fifty cents, you are appreciated. I mean that literally because a lot of people say, well, well you're being ridiculous. What, what is 50 cents? What's a dollar going to do? Well, if you got a thousand people to donate uh, a dollar, how much is that? It's a thousand dollars. I could take a thousand dollars, go to the bank and, and, and borrow a thousand dollars, securing it with the thousand dollars that I had. And then that's $2,000. I could take that $2,000 dollars. I can buy something to take to a festival and flip it into three or $4,000. So don't think that your one or two dollars, your twos and fews don't matter. The only donation that doesn't matter is one that's not given. Zero is the only amount that we can't multiply. (laughs) Okay. Anything else you give, we can multiply. So there's a GoFundMe page. And if you go to GoFundMe.com and you, uh, Punch in uh, fighting drugs, murder, and poverty. If you punch in fighting drugs, murder, and poverty, then you'll pull up our uh, our page. Or you could go to our website, thechangetheworldmovement.com, and there's a big link right there on the homepage, thechangetheworldmovement.com. Movement.com. You can find me on Facebook, Dale Davis, if that's easy for you to remember. He played for the Indiana Pacers uh, if you're into sports. Dale Davis. Uh, just find me and you'll find links all over my page. And just donate a dollar uh, if you see fit. Um, 
and that will help us run this program. And th- if we can get this program going and it's successful in this community, then we can convince other communities to, to institute this program. And then sooner or later, somebody has to notice us. And we'll come to your community. We don't care where you are. You could be anywhere in the country. We will come help you start your own workshop. You don't have to have Unlimited Education's name on it. It's yours. Uh, we'll just supply you with the curriculum and the support and everything to get it going. So I'm going to shut up. But uh, uh, that's what we need. This is right. I'm going to, I'm going to jump back in here. Um, Dale, I think you've hit on uh, a lot of very critical points and I hope that everyone uh, was listening and they um, decide to uh, join the movement. They decide to contribute to what um, you're doing and what everyone on your team is doing, because here's the bottom line uh, before I turn it over to Tammy. We need more action and less words. We need more people to be about change than to talk about change. And until that happens, we are going to going to just suffer as a as a nation. We're going to suffer as a people, but most importantly, our kids are going to suffer. And that's just what it all comes down to. Me being a teacher, there's only so much that I can do uh, within my classroom for the 40 minutes that I have each group of kids um, and for the semester that I have them. However, if we are all able to extend beyond that, then we have something. The same way that people can get behind Beyonce the same way people can get behind Jay-Z and this album that he released a few weeks ago, the same way people can still get behind R. Kelly, uh, the the same way that people can uh, support professional, uh, professional uh, sports that they've heard so many things about. There, there are things that we don't even have to hear about, we don't have to learn about, We already know what time it is, but we will support anything and anybody until it is one of our own. So I say to everybody who's listening tonight, if not Dale, then who are you going to support? If not the Let's Change the World movement, then what are you going to support? Because at some point, you you have to dish out money for something. At some point, you're going to pay a dollar for something. At some point, you're going to support somebody. So why not invest your money, invest your time, invest your energy into something or someone worthwhile, such as our children? Tammy? Thank you, Rodney. I'm sorry, you guys. I was on mute. I was talking away after Dale finished, and then Rodney beeped in, and I thought, okay, that's why my phone had rang. I'm sorry. So I had muted out so you guys wouldn't hear it. 
But um, Dale, I have one request before we bring it to a close. If you if you don't mind, you had mentioned some years ago about one of one of the ways that or one of the things that you do within the seminar or uh, um, whatever you guys call it when you're presenting to the kids and parents is that you re and I and I'm not sure if you all still do this, but you reenact. Say for instance, if if a young male. Um, has been killed, then you have someone representing that male who was killed or female. You have someone representing the parent, the grandparent, um, the parent of the shooter or the killer. Do you all still do that? And if so, or if not, can you talk about the value that it has bought into the organization when the kids and the parents see this reenactment where there's so many people involved um, because most times when kids are committing these crimes or thinking about committing, committing crimes or killing people, they don't think beyond, and it, it sounds crazy to say that they don't think beyond this, this, this moment, but when they're able to see in re, a reenactment of, of an occurrence or of, of a killing, get to see the grandmom, the grandfather, a sister, a mother, and then to see that if they were the, the shooter, the killer, see what it does to their parents and their families. Do you all still do that? And if if you if you do or don't, can you elaborate a little bit more on it? Yes, what you're talking about is one of uh one of our workshops. We do a lot of different workshops on a variety of different subjects. Uh you know, teen pregnancy, violence, murder. Uh our kids get to uh, uh manage the household budget for a month. Uh, and the one you're talking about is one on violence. And uh, one of the workshops we do on violence is um, uh, we incorporate, I, I told you a little while ago, we incorporate all of our progressive information delivery methods. So we begin with the audio-visual concept where we show them a video of a real murder. Um, some kid uh, a while back got beat to death up in Chicago with a railroad tie. And it's uh, very graphic. It's horrific. And we caught it and downloaded it off of YouTube before they got rid of it. And we've been using it ever since. But um, it's very graphic. It's horrific. And uh, the idea with the audiovisual concept is that if a picture is worth a 1,000 words, then a moving picture is worth 10,000 words, especially when you add audio to it. Uh, so there's something about the brain that when you have a moving picture with the audio and everything, it just records, you know, much more information. So we begin with that. We show them the murder. But before we show them the murder, what we do is we assign each child uh, a um, somebody to be within that community. So we'll say, hey, you, you're the murderer. You, you're the murder victim. You, you're the brother, you're the sister of the murderer and the murder victim. You, you're the mother, you're the father of the murderer. You're the mother, you're the father of the murder victim. You, you're some old lady who lives down the street. You, you're the business owner uh, on the corner down the street. And so each one of the kids has somebody to identify with in that community. And uh, what we do is we get the businesses to donate prizes and things like that. So we have usually have some really nice prizes like, bicycles and cell phones, playstations and gift cards to the grocery store that they can take home, give their parents and uh, all sorts of nice prizes. And what we do is we make it a contest. We say, 
after watching the video, each one of you, who they are in that community and how you feel up in front of everybody. And, um, you know, we're all going to, to judge each one of you, you know, with clapping or whatever, and, and uh, we're going to award prizes. So pick out the prize that you want to go for, and uh, you know how greedy we are in this society. <laughs> so all the kids pick out little prizes they want to try to win, and they don't know what they, you know, have coming. They think this is just going to be, a, you know, fun and games, but then they see the video. And it's like, oh, my God. Now, it's one thing to see. And, of course, we, we have permission slips. We get the parents' permission and everything before we put them in this workshop. And the parents, they're, they're completely aware of what's going to happen with their children. You know, these are 13- to 17-year-old kids. Uh, they see murder and violence on TV. But there's something different about seeing this and knowing that it's real versus seeing it on TV knowing that these are actors. There's just something about it. And they see this video, and then you can look at their faces, and they're all like, wow. And then we'll call the murderer up. We always call the, I mean, the murder victim. We always call the murder victim up first, and the murder victim gets up, and he's real shy, you know, and, hey, you have to act this out. Do you want to win the prize? Yeah. Well, act it out. And he says, oh, my God, you know, why am I dying? I don't want to die. Why are you doing this to me? Why won't somebody help me? Oh, my God pain, the pain, oh, it hurts, it hurts, please stop, stop, why won't anybody help me, oh, my God, my mother, my father, I don't want to die, you know, it's it's a serious acting job, you know, and most of these kids, they could win Academy Awards if uh, there was somebody who was somebody there to see them, because they want to win these prizes, and without fail, when we give this particular workshop, the little girls are crying, the little boys have tears in their eyes. They're trying to be little men, you know, and uh, it's it's a it's a heck of a thing to see somebody really act this out. You know, they get on the floor and they're moving and they're, oh, my God, please stop, stop, stop. So then we move through everybody and everybody's acting their part out. Now, we call that empathy education. So we started with the audiovisual concept. Then we moved into empathy education, which is putting yourself in other people's shoes. Okay. And then we move smoothly into what we call cause, effect, and consequence education when the kid stands up and says, I'm the business owner down the street. Because we say, okay, well, how do you feel about this? And he goes, I don't give a shit. You know, I, I don't care. I'm down here making this bread. I'm making money. They can kill each other all they want to down the street as long as I'm getting paid. You know, that's a typical way that most, you know, youngsters will respond. But that's when we get into cause, effect, and consequence education. We explain that when violence and crime increases in the community, that has a negative impact on the amount of business that you get, which negatively impacts your ability to even stay in business. You've got to pay the rent on the building that you sell your product out of. You've got to buy new product to sell, and then it's negatively impacting your ability to buy your family and kids the things they want and need at home to pay your mortgage at home. Well, then the lady stands up and says, hey, I'm the, I'm the old lady down the street. How does that impact me? Well, you're scared to walk to the store now. You, need, you want to cook macaroni and cheese, but you're scared to walk to the store to get it. You know, your raggedy back porch has fallen down, but you can't get a home improvement loan 
because the property values have gone down due to the crime and the violence. And so now you can't fix your raggedy back porch. You got a hole in your roof. You got to put a pot to catch the water that's dripping from your roof. You can't fix it. So to make a long story short, we go all the way through this, and the kids are like, oh, my gosh. And then we bring in uh, our role model mentor. It's our role model mentor concept. And uh, uh, depending on what community we do this workshop in, we try to always try to bring in someone who has had a son or daughter who was killed, um, who is the same color as the majority of the kids in the room because, you know, we gave this workshop in Tampa and we have mostly Latino kids and some black kids. I mean, if we give this in North Carolina, we have mostly black kids with a few white kids. So depending on the community, we do our best to find somebody who the kids can relate to. uh, And uh, we bring them in to tell their story. And it's something about a real person with the real emotions that they feel when they get to telling the story of how their kid was killed and they're telling it to other kids, knowing that what they say has an impact on these kids, they always get really emotional, and it's very impactful for the kids. So at the end of the workshop, the kids are like, oh, my God, now I get it. When I beat up somebody, I'm not just hurting the one I want to beat up. I'm hurting the whole community. I'm hurting people like, the the mentor you brought in, and I like that guy or that lady. I don't want to hurt them, you know, and, and they start to get it. So these types of workshops, we do workshops on stealing. A lot of kids think that when they go to, to the grocery store or to a department store and steal something, that they're not hurting anything. They think that, hey, the department store is rich. I'm poor. I needed it. It's not going to hurt them. But when we do workshops to show them how the money goes in a big circle, you know, when you steal something from that department store, in the end, that raises the prices on the merchandise that your mother and father have to buy you. <laughs> so when you want something from that department store because you steal from it, which you want your parents to buy you, they can't afford it anymore because the price is too high because of you. And so, you know, these workshops, uh, they have a huge impact on the kids. It's, it's morals, values, and ethics education delivered in a way that they get it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, uh, Rodney, anything from you before? And, and Dale, thank you. Um, I challenge everybody that's listening, give something. Give give something. If, if you can, give more. Um, Again, because if if you think it doesn't affect you because it's in Florida, I know for those of you who are local, we have something going on every day seemingly here in Memphis. And it affects us because we have to, like Del said, I have to go to the store. I have to go do whatever I need to do um, to make life work for me. So, yes, it may not be on my street, but, but I just don't. My street, I'm not confined to just my street. Neither is my son, neither is my brother, my sister, my mother, my friends, any anyone that I care about, they're not confined either. So it may not be, you may feel that it doesn't directly affect you, but it does. And like Rodney said, and we'll it's not Dale's next. Ooh. 
who are you doing? Right, right. And who are you supporting? Are we just talking? Are we talking about what we seeing, what we're seeing, and thinking that there's nothing we can do? Well, if there's nothing you can do, at least give so that the people who are committed to doing. And I think about Dale. You are you don't have kids at all, correct? Yes. Yes. So and a lot of people think that you know it's not impacting their community. So why help? But we will come to your community next. All you have to do is invite us. You know, uh, if you give a dollar and you say, hey, can you come to my community yet next? That dollar is just paid for us to come to your community. We come for free. The reason we're asking for donations is because we don't charge these kids or the parents to attend our workshops. You know, so don't think it's just uh, – here in Florida, these kind of workshops are being conducted all over. They're being conducted in North Carolina, um, different parts of Florida, and we're trying to get into some other places. I know we're trying to get into uh, Ohio, Northeast Ohio. We, at one point, were trying to come to Memphis. Remember, Tammy? Yeah, the pastors here. I mean, I got the same kickback that Dale was getting. You know, I, and most of them said, I don't want to deal with the school system, So, which was, a, which was to me because they could have did it within their churches. But the same thing. Um, but maybe we just cut them out. I don't know. Maybe you cut the, I don't know where you start, but something needs to happen, especially here. For those of who are listening, we have something there. I mean, every day, seemingly, someone, some young person is being mm-hmm. killed. So um, I'm going to say it, and I, I gave, I gave, and I wish I could have given more, but that's something when I do have, Dale, I'll, I'll, I'll give. Um, because I'm not doing so much, not doing what I what I wish I could do for the for the kids here, the girls. Just and I, and I got burned out. I really did. I'm thinking I'm sending these girls back to their hell. And um, thankfully, I had a, a lady, young lady, that reached out to me this year who want after she gets married and gets settled in, she wants to start it up and go full force. But you need about two or three people like that because it's so much on you spiritually and emotionally. So one or two people cannot cannot do it. I mean, it's, you, it's, it's almost impossible to carry that weight. So um, when I have extra Dale, I certainly will commit to to helping as best I can. And I hope that anyone, everyone who's listening, and they and you can give, add this to your your donations. You know, as part of your tithes and offerings. That that I mean, we have to learn and start giving in ways that are productive for. <laughs> our future, the children's future, and so on. So, Dale, before we let you go, I'm going to turn it back over to Rodney, and then before you go, if you'll please share again how they can donate, how they can contact you. And for anybody that's listening, if you lose that information, don't let that be a stopper for you because you can reach out to Rodney, you can reach out to myself, and we can get you that information. So there is really no excuse. So, Rodney, back over to you, and then we'll finish up with letting Dale give out his information again. Uh, Dale, go ahead and give all your information. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's uh, Dale Davis is my name. Uh, you can always find me on Facebook, D-A-L-E-D-A-V-I-S. Our website is thechangetheworldmovement.com. That's the change. You have to have the word the. Thechangetheworldmovement.com. And if you want to go to our GoFundMe page, just look up 
uh, fighting, I get it mixed up myself, fighting drugs, murder, and poverty. If you just punch that in, uh, or maybe punch in Dale Davis, uh, you, if you just punch in my name, you'll get a bunch of different things, but you can find it. There's a picture of a little black kid crying, and uh, just donate what you can, you know what I mean? Don't get hung up on how much it is. And, and, and if you don't, if you want to donate anonymously, that's fine. You don't, because it, it'll post your picture and your name if you wanted to. But if you don't want to, just donate anonymously uh, and don't get hung up on the amount. You know, $2, $5, $10, whatever you can will be appreciated. Hey, Dale, one quick question. Do you have, for, for anybody who's listening and they don't want to do the GoFundMe, can, do you have a P.O. box or something they could mail a check or a money well, order to? Can, or is that on a one-on-one basis, they can uh, either call me. My, my phone number is, is public, 954-213-3327, or they can email me at d1source4u at gmail.com. That's D as in Delta, the number one source, S-O-U-R-C-E, the number four, the letter U at Gmail, the one source for you at Gmail. And if you call me or email me, I will uh, offer you a place to mail your donation to, uh, to uh, publish a, uh, a P.O. box publicly simply because, it, you know, you get some crazy stuff. Okay, super. 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 All right, well, well, I'm going to – I'm going to end by saying this uh, to everyone uh, who is listening now and everyone who may listen to our archive show, and that is whether you decide to join with Dale, whether you decide to join with another movement, whether you decide to join your own, we are encouraging you like we always do, to join a movement that has already started. So we're encouraging you to join Dale, and he's given out his information. And just like Tammy has said, even if you didn't hear it or didn't get all of it, that's no excuse. You can reach out to me. You can reach out to Tammy. But I'm going to say this. If you do none of those, What are you going to do? This has been another episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. We want to thank Dale for coming on because uh, it's always good to hear from Dale, and uh, we haven't talked to Dale in a while, but this has truly been a blessing, and we want to continue to support Dale and everything that he's doing because we know that Dale is definitely trying to change the world, one person and one soul at a time. Until next Monday. Good night, everybody.
Be too long. 